What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Sports Time with Nick and Mike. I'm your host, Mike, and we got a great episode for you today. My friend Chris is coming on. He's a member of the UGA baseball analytics team, so it'll be good to talk with him about college baseball maybe a little bit as well as you know just some recent MLB rumors and uh, he's a big Mets fan so that 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 should be fun a um, couple of announcements first contact info is all the same gmail sports time with Nick and Mike at gmail.com all lowercase if you want to send in some questions or have any suggestions what we should talk about and then uh, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at sports time with Nick and Mike and you can DM us questions and uh, yeah we should be posting content pretty soon and also, we're going to be posting regularly on Spotify and YouTube now. So we got both of those platforms, and we're trying to get some more for you guys to uh, to listen to the podcast. So really excited about those developments. And uh, before we jump into the interview, I want to give a quick um, shout-out to our new sponsor, Ape Kicks. That's A-P-E-K-I-C-K-Z. Ape Kicks is a shoe reseller on Instagram, and they have 100% authentic shoes and apparel. And they have new release shoes the same day. They come out usually. And the brands are Off-White, Nike, Bape, and Adidas. They've got shirts too. They've got the Bape shirts. Go ahead and check them out on Instagram, ape.kicks. That's A-P-E dot K-I-C-K-Z. So go ahead and check them out on Instagram. And uh, they got a lot of great product. So um, without further ado, let's jump into the, uh, let's jump into the interview. What's up, guys? All right, here's the interview with uh, Chris. Chris, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing much, you know, just getting the schoolwork done. We got finals soon, so just trying to finish hard. Gotcha. Um, so, Chris, you're working for the uh, analytics team on the uh, UGA baseball. How's that been? Um, it's been pretty good. Um, we've taken a couple steps forward uh, this fall as far as sort of how we're using our data um, and how we're analyzing our players. So. Gotcha. Definitely big things uh, ahead. Um, everything's looking good, and the team looks good. Sweet. Yeah, because I know uh, – what did Emerson go? Like six like six pick overall? Right? I think he went six spot, yeah. Um, yeah. And Cole Wilcox went in the 20-somethings, I believe. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. That's that's too heavy loss. That, that was like Friday, Saturday, guys, right? So. Mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, guys. Um, right. But we kept our Sunday guy. Um, and Ryan Webb, who the general formula was Emerson and then Webb, on Friday night, um, yeah. I was going to step into one of those starting spots, I believe. And then Jonathan Cannon uh, is also going to be a uh, probably the Saturday guy. I'm not sure exactly who. I'm not the coach. So don't ask me. But those yeah. three guys are looking to be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday lineup. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, switching to some uh, MLB, um, heard your boy Cohen was thinking of going to get three out of the four uh, big names this offseason. The big fish, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's just what happens when you just kind of inherit – the uh, the richest owner in baseball by a mile, um, who also happens to be an absolute super fan. I don't know if you saw Nick, but there's there was an owner of the Buckner Ball, the one that went under uh, Bill Buckner's legs in 1986, helped them mention the World Series, and it was kind of a mystery owner up until this interview they had last week with uh, Steve Gelbs of SNY and Steve Cohen. And Steve Cohen revealed that he is the Buckner Ball owner, spent over four hundred thousand dollars on it. So. <laughs> that is just that's a that's a sight to behold. That's something that makes me happy as a Mets fan. Um, yeah. Knowing that that that's just the number one option out of all seven billion people on the planet. That is the guy I want running the Mets. Yeah, that's very awesome. happy. Yeah, and he and he said he was going to. Uh, I think he was going to put it in the archives or the the Mets archives. Um, yeah, the Mets museum. That's really cool. Yeah, that's that's really cool. 
I wanted to ask you too. So how did you, uh, how'd you get into the, uh, you know, what you're doing now with the baseball team at Georgia? How'd you get into that? Yeah. So kind of just being annoying, really. Um, uh, over the summer, uh, my, from freshman year to sophomore year, um, I talked to some people and they said, if you want to work in baseball, just learn to code on your own. Um, and so I taught myself some programming stuff over the summer. And then I reached out to the baseball team, showed them some work that I did and they seemed to like it enough to, to bring me on. Um, and if you're not familiar, we work with the uh, Master of Science and Business Analytics program uh, at the University of Georgia. So they provide us a couple of students every year and they work on some directed studies in the fall. And then in the spring, they turn that into a capstone project. So for the first year, I worked with them in uh, the work they did. And then after that, I was lucky enough to be able to be brought on as a student manager. And so now I kind of work that liaison role between the baseball team and the uh, MSBA program. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Good, good, good for you. Keep it up. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, guess another news. Um, so out of the four, Lindor, Bauer, Springer, or Remuto, which one do you think the Mets need the most, do you think? Um, I'll start off by who I think they need the least, um, which is Real Muto. Uh, the Mets, as far as catching goes, was pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Um, Wilson Ramos, uh, regressed a lot last year, definitely lost his step. Um, by the end of it, he was just not a competent fielder behind the plate and hitting it was kind of, it seemed like he was kind of lost. Um, but I don't think Real Muto is the guy. Um, he's, he's like 31, 32. I'm not quite sure exactly what it is, but he's looking to get a bag. And being at that age and that stage of his career uh, behind the plate, I'm not sure how that will work out for him and how that would work out for the Mets if they were to sign him because he's probably looking at least for five years. Someone said he wanted $400 million. I don't care at all about the price tag. I'm more concerned about the years. Um, if we could get James McCann for three or four years, he's he's – more than competent as an offensive and defensive uh, player. So I think that would be much better. As far as what would get me most excited, I think Francisco Lindor. Um, he's got one year left in his contract, and so it wouldn't take too much prospect-wise to get him as it would maybe like Nolan Arenado. But obviously we'd have to throw the bag at him after because he's probably one of the best players in the league in the prime of his career. So he's going to need himself a fat bag, and Steve Cohn will help him out with that respect. But uh, – yeah. I think just something along the lines of Brandon Nemo and unfortunately Andres Jimenez, who, who shined a little bit uh, last year, but those two and maybe a prospect or two could probably get it done. And he would be, he would be showtime. Uh, he would be, he would look good in the Mets uniform. Uh, yeah. You think Cohen's going to go out and spend the money though? Or, I mean, he's, he's been spending money. <laughs> no, no. So, okay. So this is how it currently is. He's worth $14 billion. He's inheriting the Mets who, fell victim to the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme. So they were already underspending compared to what they could have been doing had they just been a regular big market team. And then on top of that, Robinson Cano oh so graciously takes PEDs and saves us 24 million this year. So yes, I think he will go out and spend the money on Lindor and he will also go get either Trevor Bauer or George Springer. And it will be party time in New York. Yeah, because Cespedes just kind of up and left in the middle of the season. <laughs> so don't and I'm And I, I, you can ask anyone who was around me during that, that time, just as COVID had hit and we were waiting for baseball so, so much. I did not want Jonas Cespedes anywhere near a baseball field. He hadn't played in two years. And you, I, I, I called this. Dominic Smith was the dude the year before that walk-off home run against the Braves in, in game 162, absolute magic. I knew he was going to be a guy. 
And I'm glad that Jonas Cespedes just up and left so we could have Pete Alonso and Dominic Smith combining for that first base DH role. And I really hope they bring the DH back. I know that they don't have it in their plans, but a lot of people want it. And frankly, I don't want it too. I don't really like watching pitchers hit anymore. Yeah. Um, but that would be a good formula for success. I think if Pete DHs, because he can't feel as well as Dom, when you put Dom at first base, that is a good sort of one-two punch in your three-four spot. And on top of that, Dom can feel the ball really well. Yeah, that's good. That's a good yeah. point about the DH. I feel like some of the like baseball traditionalists are going to want to keep it or like keep it out of the National League. But I kind of want it in the National League to like be more interested in the games because it's just an automatic out in the ninth spot. So, I mean, it's a waste of time for everybody. So, Yeah, and I think also the thing is everyone in the National League, everybody feels like they improve from the DH. And realistically, not everybody does because yeah. some teams get better than you. Um like, you know, the relative increase in skill set is like it's not everyone benefits, but everyone feels like they have that guy on the bench or that guy that doesn't quite fit in or the guy who can't field very well. Everyone feels yeah. like they have a spot for that DH spot. And I just think it, it makes every team more interesting to watch. And I just like at one point in time over the season, I realized that I hadn't been watching pitchers hit. And it's just it's more exciting to have like yeah. it, it brings more offense into the game, too, which is a, a, a big thing that people care about that you have a lot of people complaining about the high strikeout rates that the lower to run production. Um, yeah. But I think that, I think that addresses it in, a, in an exciting way. Yeah. Same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to ask you uh, something, Chris. So, you know, you're, you're a Mets fan. Um, you talked about some of the big free agent uh, names that the Mets could uh, potentially go after. Does, uh, no, does the need for pitcher kind of increase for the Mets uh, because of Noah Syndergaard coming back? You know, does, does it make you wonder if he's going to be the same player that he was and, you know, do you think Trevor Bauer could, you know, fill in that that potential need if if Syndergaard, you know, takes a little bit uh, while to, you know, get back to where he was? Yeah, unfortunately, that seems to be kind of a recurring worry that many of us have. Um, no, I mean, we all know Noah Syndergaard's a great pitcher. It's just a matter of if he can get on the mound. Um, but I think as it currently stands, they have DeGrom, Syndergaard, and Stroman, three great pitchers. David Peterson showed out last year, and I think he can probably occupy that five spot pretty well, especially if they want to continue to develop him. Uh, now would be the time to keep him in that rotation, not just have him up because of the whole screwed-up COVID season. That leaves one spot left, and currently I think as the way it looks, we don't have Waka and we don't have Porcello, thank goodness. Um, that that fifth spot would be either Steven Matz or Robert Gazoman. I just don't think that would work out. So I think having Trevor Bauer – and that would make it a super rotation. And then on top of that, if, you know, someone goes down more than likely no singer, but if anybody goes down I, at that point, I'm okay with having Steven Matt slide into the five spot, you know, when your, your rotation is a little dinged up and your fifth man is Steven Matt. So that's not a bad fifth man to have. He, at times he shows flashes of being a really good pitcher and it just doesn't seem like he can't put it together. But I think, yeah, to answer your question. Yes. I think, you know, Syndergaard's injury history, uh, would be a reason to bring in a, another really good pitcher like Bauer. Yeah, the Yankees definitely needed another pitcher too, but they were talking about bringing in Bauer, but apparently Cole and Bauer have beef from like UCLA days or something. Yeah, I read a book, uh, MVP Machine, and they talked about how 
like they were both big time pitchers on their team, but they had two totally different personalities. Yeah. And I'm not sure it's so much as beef, although I think I'm sure Trevor Bauer's probably taken a couple of Twitter jabs at him every once in a while. But uh. I think it's just more of they didn't get along and they kind of went about things in very opposite ways. And yeah. Trevor Bauer is very unorthodox in sort of how he prepares for games and how he treats it. Yeah. And so I just like, I don't, I, I think the chemistry there is definitely weird. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Cole is definitely more of like the silent, just kind of efficient. I don't know. Just kind of like does his, like does his own thing. And Bauer's more of the, he'll make some noise and he's kind of a psychopath too. When he threw the ball over that center field fence, when he, yes. <laughs> I still, yes. when that clip comes up, that is insane to me. Just how, when Francona walked out on the mound, he just threw the ball. Oh, like that still resonates yeah. with me. And, but I mean, he is a great pitcher, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Nick, what are your thoughts on, on Trevor and his personality? Because I know how I yeah. think he would do in New York. What do you think, Nick? I'd like to see the Mets bring him in. And I don't know if you're familiar with this, but uh, I saw this about a week ago. He's got a, his own YouTube channel. And he yes, actually yes. made a video. I was telling all my friends about this. Yeah, yeah. he made a video touching base on how, you know, he respects the way that the Mets, um, the Mets new man, uh, owner, uh, Cohen, is going about, you know, bringing the fans along, getting their opinion. And that's something that he really admires about them. So I don't know if that's – maybe a little sneak peek or a little tease as to him maybe wanting to join the Mets organization, but that's definitely something that uh, was interesting to me and uh, something I'd like to see uh, happen. I hope so. Yeah. I was on Twitter this morning um, and there was, there was a presser with Trevor May today. Um, and one of like the, one of the quotes that I found on my Twitter was that, that Steve Cohen and the buzz around him definitely played a part in, in Trevor May coming to the Mets. Cause apparently his, his agents had, had touched base with like half of the league as far as going to play for them uh, and the buzz of Steve Cohen um, was a big reason as to why he wanted to play for the Mets. So hopefully that means more to come for other players. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like with the Mets, maybe getting some bigger pieces, do you think they can take out the Braves now who just got Charlie Morton or the Dodgers who are talking about getting Arenado? Like they're yeah. already an all-star team. How can they, how can they have <laughs> Arenado too? Absolutely. I have absolutely no worries. I, Ever since 2017, when they missed the playoffs after going in 2015 and 2016, I've always felt that the Mets underperform. The front office is not as, you know, advanced as these front offices in like Tampa Bay and Los Angeles. Um, and Steve Cohen said he's going to change that. Um, we need a new medical staff. I'm so tired of the Mets being one of the top teams in Indiana. I think, yeah. I think he's going to address that. Um, and yeah, I and I think the way they will manage the game will be different based off of the analytics guys that he brings in. Yeah. Um, and then he'll bring in a bunch of talent. So I think they will be operating at a much higher level than we oftentimes see from the Mets. I think we oftentimes see them underperform, but I think they're going to do just fine this year. And I think they'll take out the Braves. Yeah, the injuries. I can't even. I can't even go off on this tangent. It's judge, judge and standards injury. Yeah, don't this make point. it about like, you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> They're so injury prone at this point. Like I can't, I can't stand it anymore, but it seems like more and more of these bigger market teams are starting to switch toward the analytics side. Like the Yankees added Matt Blake last year and Fireler Rothschild. I know the Rays are, you know, the analytics team, but I mean, they've been that way for a minute now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, didn't help them in game seven when they pulled Snell. So, I mean, uh, see, I, I'm going to step on my soapbox right here. I'm going to defend okay. them. I think okay. I, I have no problem with the move. Um, they got to the World Series for a reason. Yeah. Um, I've, I've watched some of their games. That's how they manage the game. Like, that's how they do it every time. No. And, and the pitchers will get fussy about it in the regular season, just as Lake Snell did. It's not like anything new. It's just an idea that they're not comfortable with. But 
that's some of some of the best ideas start out being uncomfortable and yeah. the idea of not having to start a throw a third time to the rotation like it makes sense um if i were if i were kevin cash i probably would have let blake snell in if there if there's a situation where the pitcher is dominating i could i could care less about the third time through the rotation yeah but they they I, there was a quote i saw and it was something about um sticking to the process um and what you know for certain is that the process works and you can't say, Oh, well, he's, he's, he's throwing lights out. So that will work. You don't really know that the process yeah. over time will work. And it did work over time because they are got all the way to game seven of the world series against the yeah. juggernaut Dodgers, by the way, one of the best teams we've seen in a very long time. So yeah. I think, I think, I mean, I, I personally have no problem with the move um, and it makes sense. It didn't work out. And, that's just kind of how things go sometimes. I, I'm more of a process-oriented guy, not a results-oriented guy, and I think the Rays are the same way. And so I, I think they could care less. I think they are more more happy with the fact that they made it all the way to the World Series in a 16-team playoff. And I think they're proud about where they went and where they're going to go in the future. Yeah, well said. Also, they spent $80 million less to pay their players than the Dodgers did. So that's also something to uh, mm-hmm. take into account, yeah. too. Um, Nick, you got any more questions? Yeah, no, I agree with what you said. That was something me and Mike had touched base on. I think yeah. it was our first episode about, you know, the, the Rays pulling him. But uh, what you said makes sense. Uh, and Cash is uh, – they asked him about it, and he said that, uh, like you said, we got to stick to the process. He didn't want uh, them to see him for a third time. And they've been so, – it goes to show you how far baseball's come uh, as to using the analytics and stats and all that stuff as to, you know, managers making decisions. Because that's what kind of what he based his answer off of. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, staying with uh, what's worked for them. So you know, that, that does make sense and it brings a new uh, perspective into uh, baseball. So, yeah, just kind of finding that balance between using the analytics and using, you know, the eye, the eye test too. So, right. yeah, absolutely. That. but, um, all right, got one more question. Um, besides the Mets, who would be like your World Series 2021 picks, you think? Way, way too early, way too early, but. Oh, with, with basically no free agency. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, definitely the Dodgers. Um, yeah. No doubt. Um, I mean, I, I think and you got the it. biggest threat to the Mets would be the Dodgers. I very easily, and I have a strong feeling that the Dodgers will make it again. Cause, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just like the Rays, they're very process oriented. They've been at it for eight years with their, with their front office at this and they finally won a world series. Um, they're very persistent in what they do. I mean, they're very good at what they do. So I, the Dodgers, no doubt. Um, as far as the AL goes, if the Yankees can put it together, the Yankees certainly aren't a bad team. Yeah. <laughs> um, it looks like the Astros are fumbling and they'll, they'll continue to go in a downward direction. So I'm going to – thankfully, thankfully. I mean, yep. well, we, yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think we'll ever forget. I don't think anybody will ever forget. Not oh, for a never. while. At least. No. Not, not until all of those main guys are gone, like Bregman yeah. and Correa. Not yeah. until Dubai, all of those yeah. guys are gone can we forget. Um, yeah. And then I think the Rays, too. The Rays would also be uh, – a team that can threaten. And I, I was big on the White Sox too last year. And well, they, I think they made it to the playoffs, but they didn't do so hot. But they have a lot of good young guys. And the White Sox also I could see as being a team that if they maybe go out and make a big move, they could be they could be really solid. Yeah, agreed. Nick, you have anything else? Yeah, no. Um, I, I agree with those uh, those assessments. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you heard, Chris, but uh, the Rays are talking about – or it was rumored about them potentially moving on from Blake Snell – uh, in the that yeah. yeah, I mean, what, what, do, what do you think about that? A guy that's, you know, been a good pitcher for them. And I mean, what, what do you I think it's about? certainly, I think it's certainly funny to see as a headline, given we all know what happened in the World Series. Um, 
you see them pull him after two two times around the rotation, and then you see him being floated around in trade rumors, and you kind of just think that maybe he's being taken for granted. Um, but I think we know the Rays just don't really care too much about starting pitching. I mean, they traded away Chris Archer, and it worked out beautifully for them. Uh, I'm not sure it would work out as well for them with Blake Snell because Chris Archer kind of landed on his face in Pittsburgh, and Blake Snell we know to be a little bit better. But who knows? I mean, Chris Archer was really good at the time when they traded him, so you never know. I always feel like the Rays know something that everybody else doesn't. So I saw something on Twitter, actually. Uh, a, someone proposed a winning strategy for any Major League Baseball team. You float out some of your veteran guys and some of your prospects to the Rays. You see who they like, and then you cut off trade talks immediately and figure out what you need to know about that player they're interested in. You need to hold on to him for the rest of his, his career. Um but so, yeah, I think the Rays always have something up their sleeve. I think it's interesting that, that Snell's being, being put out there. As far as the Mets go, because I need to give everything a Mets spin, um, I'd appreciate it if they didn't go after Blake Snell. Trevor Bauer would be something that would be a little bit – make a little more sense because Snell is going to cost, you know, a lot more as far as, you know, prospects and, and, and veterans go. So. Right. Gotcha. All right, man. I uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast. I have to have you on again. It was good talking with you. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it.